Hello and welcome to the Top Dog Podcast. I'm Adrian. I'm Katja. We will introduce you to people who do anything amazing for dogs. And you will hear things you always wanted to know and maybe need to know. Say, Katja, let's unleash the dogs. This program is rated D for dog. It contains sniffing, scratching, and doggy things. Hands on, or rather, hands off, your dog knows book of calm. From nuisance to hero, different environment, different attitude. And of course... Top Dog on Spot Challenge. Yeah, this is a difficult one, Katja, because we can't participate in this challenge because you can't say it, I can't say it. We tried it a few times, so dogs have to say it and today I think we start rather earlier than later because um, we've got a contestant I think probably it's a bit more time yes and well he's from very very far away from Japan he might not understand English so our contestant today is Adam with a Japanese dog who wants to remain anonymous <laughs> You say Top Dog Hotspot Challenge. Okay? Haji, Top Dog Hotspot Challenge. Top Dog Hotspot Challenge. <laughs> you don't talk? Um, Katya, I think, I think this is... Uh... I think he's a bit nervous, isn't he, the dog? Shall we give it a bit more time? Yes, we'll check back on them later on. Yeah, let's go on with the show and we'll come back to the anonymous Japanese dog. Let's go to the odd spot first. Odd spot that will make you laugh or cry or even inspire you. It's about Tim and Tom, two dogs. One is Tim the other one is Tom. Both are Merema sheepdogs. That's a breed of livestock guardian dog. They are originally from Italy, from the region of Tuscany. Now, Tom was working on a chicken farm. His chore was to look after 4,000 chickens. When you have a Merema in the paddock, either with sheep or chicken, the dog actually identifies itself with them, whatever it is guarding. So, Tom thought of himself that he is a chicken. <laughs> there was he trying to lay eggs. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. No, okay. he didn't. He didn't do that. Better not would probably have been funny eggs. Oh. <laughs> anyway, he did a good job. He looked after them, but then the owners had to give up the farm. They sold the chicken and moved away couldn't take Tom with them and found a new place for him at my neighbour's and her name is Adrian. Now Tom was without the job or jaw all of a sudden. All he could do was hanging around. 
He got bored and went for walks. He walked past my house, further up the hill, and up there is another neighbour, and he's got a Merema as well. And his Merema, his name was Tim. His job was to look after their sheep, guard them. But Tom thought that rather looks funny, or like fun, <laughs> and started to chase the sheep. <laughs> the owner, not understanding what was going on as he looked down the paddock, all of a sudden seeing two Maremas, same size, same colour. The same name, almost. <laughs> no. One was chasing the other, who was chasing the sheep. So he grabbed his gun, but hesitated to shoot because he wasn't sure which Marema was his, which one was Tim. So he had the splendid idea to mark his own dog. He spray-painted his dog with fluorescent colours, wrote in big letters his name Tim on his coat <laughs> on both sides. So next time when Tom came up again, the neighbour could easily distinguish them and make sure he wouldn't shoot his own dog Tim. Luckily, it never came to that. He didn't shoot a single shot. There was no blood, no drama. That's good. However, Adrian decided to give Tom away because he turned out to be a nuisance and bothering the neighbourhood. She feared Tom might one day kill the sheep and gave him away to a special person. And who that special person is and what happened after that, Adrian will tell herself later on in the show in our segment, My Top Dog. That's amazing. A very confusing Tim and Tom, Adrian and Adrienne. It's like a tongue twister. Let's see if our Japanese guest is still confused or whether we are making some progress on the Top Dog Hotspot Challenge. Yeah, let's go there. Let's have a look. Top Dog Hotspot Challenge. Aji, Aji, can you say top dog hotspot challenge? <laughs> okay, please, top dog hotspot challenge. Can you say? Come on, please, top dog mm. hotspot mm. challenge. It just doesn't Aji. do it, does it? Aji, say. <laughs> Top so you, dog you think, you think uh, it's because the dog doesn't understand English? Quite possible. Yeah, so it's sort of a lack of communication, isn't it? Yeah, you always need, you know, uh, a bit of extra communication if you don't speak the same language. That takes us to the next guest today. Her name is Kathleen Prasad. She has a very special virtue of communication with dogs. She does Reiki. Kathleen is from San Rafael in California. She does Reiki on dogs, on other animals as well. And she's known throughout the world as the godmother of Reiki for dogs. She not only treats them, she runs courses as well. And she uh, developed the technique Let Animals Lead. Kathleen, what is Reiki for dogs? That's a great question. Not always that easy to answer, but I'll try to be very simple in my answer. So Reiki is a spiritual practice that promotes healing. 
And the way that we use it with dogs is meditation-based. So when you learn Reiki with humans, you learn a lot of physical contact, hands-on healing with dogs because they are more sensitive to energy and sensitive to our presence. Then we really focus on meditation as a way to balance ourselves, to create a peaceful space, and then invite the dogs to step into that space. And the whole idea about healing behind Reiki is that it activates the parasympathetic response. So in other words, the relaxation response, the calm, peaceful response in our bodies and in all of our cells. And when we are in that peaceful, relaxed space, our body, mind, and spirit is in the perfect space to heal itself. So as a Reiki practitioner with dogs, I'm not healing the dog. I don't call myself a healer but I am creating a space to support the dog to heal themselves. It's not hands-on as you described it. So you just sort of put your hand close to the dog. You don't touch actually the fur or the dog itself. I don't even put my hands. I try One of my central teachings is that we only use touch if it is dog initiated, which means that the dog comes forward and puts them their bodies into our hands. And even then, we only use it as a compassionate support. So we never focus our mind on that touch or focus on our hands. This is how sensitive dogs are. So it is quite a bit different than the way that we uh, work with humans in that way, because humans is very touch-based. So what do I do if the dog walks away? Do I just follow the dog and stay in this meditative state? That's a great question. I actually have created a system called the let animals lead approach. So when animals lead us, they show us what they want and how they want it. So if a dog is, if I'm sitting, usually I find a place to sit and just be and to focus on my meditation and then invite the animal. If the animal comes forward, wonderful. I can respond to that. I can, if they present their bodies to me, I can rest my hands on them wherever is, wherever they present, I can rest my hands. If they settle two or three feet away, I just rest my hands on my lap, palms up or palms down. And my focus goes inward on the meditation and the radiance of peacefulness that creates. Dogs are very sensitive and feel that. If a dog walks away, I won't follow them because I'm respecting whatever distance they want. Some dogs prefer Reiki from 15 feet away. It doesn't mean they don't want to connect, but it means they're so sensitive to that energy. I sometimes think of it as like, I'm like a campfire. So you know when you go camping and you make the fire and it's nice and toasty and some people like to sit right up in the fire and roast marshmallows, right? And they love the warmth. And other people say, oh, it's too smoky, it's too hot, and I can't see the stars, so I'm going to sit farther away. So I kind of look at it that way. Our Reiki practice builds this beautiful campfire, this beautiful light or um, energy of peacefulness. And then the dogs decide what's the comfortable position for them to connect with us from that. So the dog decides what he wants to profit from from your mental state i say now uh, to be the 
devil's advocate I could say to dog things oh no this person is boring I want to play she's not doing anything she's sitting there with her eyes closed I'll walk away and find something more exciting could that be an explanation and that happens sometimes where they don't want to do it's not Reiki time for them is a peaceful relaxing time so um, if you choose a time when a dog wants to play and they're super energetic then you might have more trouble convincing them that this is a good thing to do. But here's something I used to do. I, um, when I first began working with Reiki and dogs, I was volunteering at a shelter walking dogs a couple times a week. And so I would go there and walk the dogs. And then when I would come back, they would have a little yard area where you could spend time with them. And we were called TLC volunteers, right? So I asked them, can I share Reiki with the dogs? And they said, well, we don't know what that is, but it sounds like TLC. So I guess so. <laughs> so Reiki was part of my TLC time. So other volunteers would sit in the yards with their dogs and pet them and play fetch and whatever they want to do. I would take them for a walk and come back and sit and create that meditation space. And for the most part, when dogs are in shelters, they become very stressed because it's a very difficult, you know, space. It's loud. It's unfamiliar. Many of them come from abuse or trauma and so or abandonment. So there's a lot of a lot of stress happening. And when you radiate this beautiful, peaceful space on the whole, most of the dogs they might start by walking around and sniffing, but then they'd say, "Oh, what is that? Feels great," and they come forward. Now, they're not like people where we just come and lay down a massage table for an hour, we're out cold and we're enjoying Reiki. They're more like children where they, they play and then they come back and they sit and connect and relax. And then they hear a noise and they go check it out and then they come back and sit and relax. So I see our job as dog Reiki practitioners as really holding space and allowing the dogs to connect exactly in the way they want. So it's nothing that I'm forcing, it's nothing I'm saying, you have to behave this way or that way, but I'm just radiating this beautiful, peaceful space for them, for whatever they are open to connect with. But on the whole, I find that it's very irresistible <laughs> to them. Talking to you, I can hear you are generally a calm person. So I can't imagine you having a wild dog. And it's a known fact that often you compare the people with their dogs or like, like the dog, so he's the master as well. So is that maybe an explanation as well? As a wild, unrestful person has rather a, a wild dog and a person like you who's calm and considered is surrounded by calm dogs? Well, I always say that animals are mirrors to us. So they do often mirror our own issues and the things that we need to work on for ourselves. They give us challenges. Sometimes they are lights to our journey. So they show us the way through a difficult period, through their, their love and their um, presence with us and the joy they bring to our lives. So they're mirrors and lights. Um, but you would have to meet my dog. I have a one-year-old collie, and he's so hyper. Oh, my gosh, when I take him for a walk, if he sees someone, he starts spinning on his leash like a helicopter and just, like, spinning and barking because he loves people so much. And I'm standing there going, calm, peaceful, oh, my God, you know. So and, and sometimes, you know, I guess, dogs may reflect their owners. Sometimes I think they they bring to us the lessons that we need. And I guess he brings so much joy and energy to my life that it's it's 
it finds a balance somehow. Well, let's assume that you always will have calm dogs around you, but the the fact that you often put yourself in a meditative state or in a very calm state, does that then enforce the atmosphere or the ambience or the vibes towards the dog? I do see it like building a muscle. So, you know, like you go to the gym and you lift weights and you're getting strong, but you don't go the first day and lift the heaviest weight you have to build. And so I think when we meditate and through Reiki teaches specific breathing practices, visualization practices, symbols and mantras, things that we specifically use in our meditation. So when we practice that over a period of time, it is like building a muscle. It does become deeper like the connection with those tools and with those meditations becomes deeper. And um, I, I look at it this way, like when we first practice Reiki, it's easiest when everything's quiet and we're feeling pretty good and then we can hold the space. But then with time, it we can go into a shelter and there's a bunch of barking dogs and we can still find that meditation space. But that does, it is more challenging and it definitely does take more practice. For sure. So, yeah, I think practice, practice, practice. That's why we call ourselves Reiki practitioners, because it really is right. a, a lifelong practice. Now, when you say practice, if I want to do Reiki on a human, I have to do a course and have to be initiated. Is that the same with dogs or can I just do it as an ordinary person? I can just Reiki my dog or do I have to come and do a course? I have two answers for you. First of all is if you want to dip your toe in. If you want to learn about meditation with dogs and a little bit about the philosophy behind what is Reiki and how does it work, then um, you can read my book, Reiki for Dogs, um, which is available on Amazon. And that has specific meditations to try. And you can try right now with your dog and practice connecting in that deeper level. But if you want to be a certified animal Reiki practitioner, you have to actually take a class. And the class involves learning all the pieces of Reiki. There are several different parts, and it also includes Reiju, which are um, these beautiful sacred rituals which connect you energetically to our Japanese lineage of Reiki. And so um, I guess yes to both, but in one case, you're just dipping your toe in and kind of learning and experiencing a little piece of what it could be like. And then if you take a full certification course, then you're really diving in to get the full benefits of the whole system of Reiki. But it's still not the wrong thing to do if I touch my dog, if I want to give Reiki a Reiki session to my dog and I touch it and the dog lets it happen. I would say as long as the animals are, are feel safe, feel happy, feel comfortable, that's always going to should be what we inform ourselves with how we do Reiki. Um, but I would say at the same time, if we learn to allow the animals to be the ones to lead the process, then we get an even deeper connection. So it's hard because it requires us to let go of the way we're used to doing Reiki with each other, with, with people. And so it does take a lot of trust. Like I'm trusting that my dog will will take over <laughs> in a way. And that can be kind of scary and make you feel like I'm not sure what's happening here. But when, when you allow the dog to lead the process and to choose, then it opens up a whole deeper level in your bond, in trust, in learning how to listen and the animals knowing you're listening to them. And it really can open up a much deeper Reiki relationship with your animal.
You said in the beginning you're not a healer, you don't cure illnesses in dogs, you just uh, give them a platform so they can heal themselves. Which most intriguing development have you witnessed in a dog with your work? I think some of the most amazing moments I've had with dogs have been shelter dogs who have released their anxiety in the middle of a Reiki session. And it might even be the very first session. I've never met this dog. They are severely anxious. Um, I had one dog who was a German shepherd, beautiful German shepherd, but highly reactive and so and couldn't relax. So if you can picture in the kennel, pacing in circles constantly and barking constantly at every noise, at every movement. And you know how German shepherds bark, like it's extremely loud and like shocking. So I came to do Reiki. I spent about an hour and a half. I took the dog into the kitchen area. Sometimes they would allow me to do Reiki in there because it was quieter. And I figured I would have a better chance of connecting if we could kind of remove a lot of that stimulus that was setting the dog off. And I sat in a chair on the side of the room and I just began to go inward. Like my focus really is on just being calm and peaceful. So I'm not trying to beam energy or to fix the dog or to make them stop barking. I'm just peacefulness. Like that's really my, my focus. And the dog kept pacing, but I knew they were happy. I was there because every time they paced by me and panting the whole time, then the German shepherd, I think, I think it was a female. She would, she would like put her hand, her face in my hand and kind of rub my hand as she went by and then she'd walk by again and then she'd and those moments of stopping got a little longer each time and then somebody walked by the window and she had to go bark and it was this whole thing and I just ignored all of that and just focused on being peaceful I'm a very stubborn person so I was not going to give up <laughs> so after about 45 minutes of this experience of her pacing slower and slower and slower, but still pacing, still panting, but stopping, greeting me, and then going. After 45 minutes, she came in front of me, and she just laid down, just boom, just dropped, put her head on the ground, and stopped, went, and stopped panting, stopped pacing. She was like a rock. She was out cold, like just, just sleeping, just completely relaxed. I was amazed. I was like, oh my God. Then somebody opened the door to the kitchen and I went because they didn't know we were in there. And I'm like, no, because what's she going to do, right? She's going to bark. No, she didn't even raise her head. She was just completely surrendered to relaxation. It's in those moments where everyone else is like, we don't know what to do. Nothing's working. This is just crazy. And then you just see it completely transform in an hour's time. It's just, it just blows me away. And, you know, I found Reiki to help heal myself of severe anxiety, which I'd had since I was a small child. So maybe that's one of the reasons that I resonate so much with shelter dogs and, and I love seeing that moment when they release because Reiki has helped me to heal of anxiety. So mm. I know like deep in my own core of being, I know that it's possible. And I think that helps me through those difficult cases, you know, of, of animals that are so stressed. Now you could say it has a reverse effect. If it doesn't calm down the dog, at least it calms down yourself. Well, absolutely. And that's part of being a Reiki practitioner with animals is you have to let go of the expectation of what they're supposed to get out of it and just be grateful 
to be in this moment with them, whatever that looks like. And yeah, I'm enjoying this peaceful space and it's whether you take it or leave it, you know, and the more comfortable we get with that, the more that um, sensitive dogs will say, oh, okay, well, if you're not pushing this on me and, you know, this is kind of up to me, then I get, I guess I could try it. So it's interesting to see dogs kind of size you up and decide what are you doing are you forcing this on me what is this i don't know and then going oh i like it kathleen prasad thanks for talking to us and we wish you many many calm dogs surrounded by many many calm dogs happy dogs (laughs) thank you very much i loved being here with you thank you so much That was Kathleen Prasad from San Rafael in California, founder and inventor of Let Animals Lead. If you want to know more about her work, then just visit her website, animalreikisource.com. Top Dog Odd Spot Challenge. Let's check in again on Adam with the Top Dog Odd Spot Challenge in Japan. Ikimashou. Aji, Aji, say Top Dog Hot Spot Challenge. You say Top Dog Hot Spot Challenge. Okay? Aji. Oh, no, 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 he still doesn't uh, do it, does he? It's a tough cookie to crack, huh? Challenge. It's a tough challenge. Please, can you say it? Maybe we go to the next segment. We'll let, we'll let them do whatever they have to do. We will give a chance to every dog, so we don't want to pressure him too much. What about we finish the story that I started before with Tim and Tom? Excellent. Yeah, let's just quickly recap, Tom. He's a Marema sheepdog. He got into trouble with Adrian, so she gave him away. And there is a bit of a twist in that story, in that My Top Dog story of the week. My sister, who lives on the Gold Coast, she was staying with me at the time, and Tom had um, been indulging in very unmaremma-like activities, i.e. chasing sheep instead of guarding them. And um, it was decided that we would have to either move him on or euthanise him. I don't like to see maremmas in the city, so my my idea was that um, perhaps to euthanise him was, was the best. But my sister was horrified and insisted that I put him on the plane and send him up to her. And she lives, as I said, on the Gold Coast, on the canals there. Well, Maremas don't really deal with the heat all that well. They're cool climate dogs, if you like. And she was of the opinion she could manage that. So consequently, she went home and Tom followed her on the the plane um, about a week or two later. When he arrived at her place, um, she found her abilities to train dogs and to manage dogs was being severely challenged because maremmas 
aren't like normal dogs. They think for themselves. They have to. That's their job. They don't normally form bonds with humans all that well. Um, their role in life is to guide and protect. and Or not to guide, but to protect. And so he did an awful lot of barking, which is what marimas do, because once they've established their borders, what they have to guard... Anything that came near it, he would bark at and he would get aggressive with strangers and it became very challenging for her. But in the meantime, what had happened was her daughter's partner had suffered a terrible car accident in um, WA where they were based. He had multiple fractures to his ankles, to his pelvis, just name every bone in his body was broken, but also had an acquired brain injury. But they decided to come back from WA to the Gold Coast. I have to say WA for our listeners in America and England, that's West Australia. That's correct. Right. <laughs> so they, they came back to live on the Gold Coast just around the corner from my sister. My niece's partner Rob, my niece's name is Victoria, her partner Rob was in intensive rehabilitation and he was finding it very challenging. He was a very fit man. The only reason he probably survived was the level of fitness he had prior to the accident. As part of his rehabilitation um, he was to walk which can sort of see for a lot of pe people there's sort of no purpose in just walking and walking particularly when it was painful etc etc but what he started to do was go around and collect Tom from my sister's place and walk with Tom bits at a time and then go go down to the parks the dog parks um Again, they still had problems with his behaviour because he was very aggressive towards other dogs. Again, he, he had decided that um, Victoria and Rob were to be protected and that was what he was going to do. So they had to spend a bit of time working with dog therapists till eventually they now, three years down the track, um, he's much better behaved. Robin... Tom do lots and lots of walking. Rob has improved out of sight. Tom gave him something to really work towards in his recovery. They have a great bond. They go down to the beach. He's known all around Broad Beach. The butcher keeps special bits of meat for him as Rob goes on his walks and perhaps goes to the butcher. He gets special bits of meat from the butcher. Not only has... Tom found a very happy home. It was lovely to see how having a dog and the purpose of rehabilitation was helped along by this dog because Rob now had something to work towards. Tom, he found a new place, he yes. found a new purpose, yes. he's a happy dog and makes everybody around him happy as well. Absolutely. He even has a Marema girlfriend called Bella up oh, there. Right. Yes. She's not it's not as good looking as he is, but um um yes.
Oh, what a happy ending. And I'm glad he didn't get spray painted. <laughs> That's really not necessary anymore. Everybody knows him. Seems to be all happy dogs today in this show. I hope our Japanese dog is doing the top dog hotspot challenge. He's just as happy. Shall we check on him again one last time? Yeah, let's go. Haji, top dog hotspot challenge. Top dog hotspot challenge. Top dog hotspot challenge. Mm, oh gosh, we're going nowhere fast. <laughs> Come on, please. What shall we do, Katya? We can't stop them now, can we? <laughs> no, we might just leave them be. You know, this is our fault because we, we never said anything how much time they have to do it. We can't now just come in and say, no, no, this is enough because it's not in the regulation. <laughs> no, well, Adam definitely is very persistent. <laughs> Absolutely. I think... We leave them. We give them as much time as they need. In the meantime, um, I will say, if you have a dog you would like to have in this challenge, just uh, drop us an email on woofwoof at topdog.space and uh, tell us a bit about your dog and we'll get in contact and, uh, and then we will organize some recordings. And if you like our podcast, leave a comment, like us, Hashtag us. Or tell your friends, tell your family, your employer, people you meet on your dog walk and hear us on topdog.space or on any podcast platform. Now, Adam, they're still on it, aren't they? I think, no, we can't stop them. That was Top Dog Podcast. Yes. I hope they will be at it again next next podcast. I know. So it'll be in about two weeks. Um, we'll see how persistent these two are. And um, we say goodbye. I'm Adrian. Bye bye. I'm Katya. Say hello to your dog from me. Come on, please.